millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. 
www.fighterflare.com. Order now. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code code GOLD to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. noblegoldinvestments.com This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. All right, folks. Welcome to Nino's Corner.tv. I got a very special guest for you today. Brian Melvin joins me. Uh, a man who claims that he passed away. He died, and actually saw hell. You, you, or did, would you say you went to hell? Correct. Yeah, I was a. At the time, I was I was a militant atheist. <laughs> you were an atheist, uh, and I would imagine I was an atheist at that time. Yes, and this changed your life dramatically. It sure did. So let's go through this. How did you? Let's just start off by how did you die? How long ago did this happen? When did this happen? And how did you die? Okay. Happened in 1980. I was working as a young guy working down in Tucson, Arizona at a construction site. I was an electrician and my supervisor on during the weekend brought, went to Nogales, um, Mexico there to, with his family and his truck broke down. So he took the company cooler, filled it up with uh, creek water and brought it back, which was sitting in the hot Arizona sun while we were at work for several days. And, um, so one day, I remember looking on the bank marquee across the street because we're doing some apartment buildings. We're doing underground work as well as uh, cutting in and as you know, doing, I was doing pedestal work. People don't know what that is. You're doing a lot of ditch digging, but um, so I got, we got out of there, went into the apartment thing where the truck was uh, parked at, and the cooler was back there. I saw it. And I thought it was the company cooler, so I went ahead and took a big swig of it and gave it to my co-worker. He spat it out. We opened it up. And it, all I could say is I drank Darwin's soup. You know, it was uh, – it had uh, green, like this algae stuff in it, Ooh. little wormy things like spaghetti floating around in it and oh. all the little bug things in it. And basically, I, I, um, I contracted cholera and some sort of dysentery along with it and something called Shingella, which was three different things, possibly more, I do not know. And so anybody had rad cholera, you get sick within 12 hours. <laughs> and um, it hit me like a ton of bricks. So the next morning I got up to go to work, get up super early in Tucson to go to work. And um, we were working in a what do you call it, custom home, not a custom home, but a, what do you call it, a show home, and trying to get that ready. And I was cutting in some GFI plugs, and then it hit me, and I I made, uh, 
I mean, it, it was a mess. And I had, you know, I had to leave and go home. And then I just went downhill fast. And So, so you drank it the day before. It didn't really hit you till the next day. Well, started hitting that night and like, a, like an idiot, like, you know, I was. I was a young idiot. That's all I got to say. And mm-hmm. I thought I'd drink Wild Turkey or Jose Cuervo or, or you know, old granddad or something would would cure anything a little shot of liquor would, would cure this and it just made it worse so um i wasn't feeling too good within six hours but it, before i having the full-blown symptoms which it comes out both ends and um then you all your body flu yeah you, your body fluids lose quickly and eventually uh with cholera the dead giveaway is you have a it's a a milky kind of a white stuff flowing out of here <laughs> and um and i had traces of blood in it because of the um other stuff i had so, so how, how old were the you? pain was incredible i had razor blades like sloshing around inside my gut and the pain was incredible my fever was incredible and um with cholera you your body goes into shock before you die i didn't know any of this stuff until after afterwards i looked up what i had and so just before I went into shock, I had, you know, I rented a duplex with a couple of uh, buddies of mine that came out from Virginia with me. Cause, and they were going to go up to Phoenix to meet with somebody who had a plane to fly up to the Grand Canyon. And we had plans and I, I felt fine. I got up. I went in shock. I didn't, I didn't even know. Uh, everything felt great. I got up and said I was okay. I told him, you guys don't worry about me. I'm going to be fine. You guys take off to the Grand Canyon, you know, go up there, have a great day. I'll be fine. Look, I'm up. I'm drinking some water now. And they left and my, and my friend said, you know, we got your neighbors going to be checking in on you. Okay. So, okay. If you have any trouble, let him know. Okay. Fine. As soon as they left, I collapsed on the floor of the kitchen and managed to crawl back. Um, as soon as they them. left, you fell right then and there? Yeah, after they drove off. I remember them driving off. And like I wrote in my book, A Land Unknown, Hell's Dominion. And I just crawled into the bathroom and somehow managed to get back into my bedroom, crawled back off on my bed, rolled over, and I was in excruciating pain. Something wasn't right. I was in a bad place. My dog was really whimpering. And... um I remember taking my hand over to my dog to pet her chin, and my hand went right through her chin. And then all of a sudden, I, I wear glasses, nearsighted, but I could see across the room. I could see everything pristine clear. I could hear the best I ever heard. In fact, it was strange because I floated above my body. Being an atheist, I just lost my atheism right there because I was floating above my body looking down at myself. I wasn't looking too good. I could see everything. And my face was pressed into the texture of the ceiling for a second. And I could, it was a swirled texture. And inside one of the folds was the fingerprint of a, uh, of, a, of the guy who did the texturing. You can't see this with the naked eye. You have to know where it is, get on a ladder and turn your head, press it against there to see it. So you saw the details within the ceiling. Yes. And I came back afterwards. I even got on a ladder and looked. And sure enough. And then I went up through the ceiling. And I could see kids kicking a can down the road, and I could hear the neighbors, as usual, fighting. <laughs> and I went right past the swamp cooler, and it was had a bailing wire and a bandana around the access 
panel to hold it together. And I actually, month, uh, about a month later, I changed it, and that was what I saw. Did, did you have a body when you were floating through the ceiling? And everything, did you, were you able to see your hands? Was it just your? I had I had a different type. I had a different type of body, but I was more alive than I am now. <laughs> Interesting, but but you were going. Your body through. looks like you look. You look like yourself, but it's a different. It's different. But you were going through the ceiling. Like you were floating above. Yeah. The you saw yourself, and you were passing through the third dimension. Yeah, I went right through the ceiling and uh, right past the. Um, the swamp cooler, and I saw all the details there. And then as I turned, I looked, and I saw the kids kicking the can down the road, and I heard the neighbors fighting. And then, boom, I was in a black void heading toward a light. I never I never knew anything about an after-death experience. Wouldn't have believed it because, you know, being a militant atheist, arguing with Christians and so forth, et cetera, um, I just wouldn't have believed it. And uh, how I became an atheist is uh, simply... Just where I grew up, I grew up 10 miles south of Washington, D.C., highly charged times, and just came, I came, grew up in a Southern Baptist home, but I, you know, I didn't want anything to do with church, probably about 10 years old, stopped going, and uh, fought like tooth and nail, so I stayed home, and just uh, bounced around to agnosticism and to full-blown atheism later, kind of bounced back and forth, and and by, I became a, just a militant atheist, argued with Christians and so forth. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of today, a lot of there's a lot of more atheists today than ever before. Um, so as you went through this black hole, this void, you saw a light at the end of it. Yeah, I was heading toward a light, and I was at peace. I felt great love, and I felt this. Um, I had no more pain. I actually was feeling pretty good. I, you know, I was chilling out. That's all I gotta say. I was just feeling did, great. Did you know you were dead? Did you know? Oh yeah, I knew absolutely. I was dead. I wasn't breathing. <laughs> wow. I remember taking my last breath. I was like something when I the minute I it went out of me. That's when I went up into the ceiling. I just remember trying to stroke my dog's chin. My hand went through her chin. I could see that, and I just came out of me. And just and I went up. And I was more alive than I am now. It was like awakening into the ultimate reality, basically what it was. Fascinating. Fascinating. So you go, you flow through the roof, you, you lift, toward, I mean, you, you lift off your bed, you're going through the roof, you're going through the ceiling, you go through the swamp cooler, you hear your neighbors fighting. Now you see a black void with a, a light at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Take it from there. I was floating down there, floating toward this light, and um, I was hearing this beautiful music, this heavenly choir and, and uh, musicians, so I like, you know, I could hear instruments. I couldn't even tell you what they were. Everything blended good, but it was describing the mysteries and explaining things about God's character, traits, and nature. And on the way there, I could hear someone speaking to me, too. I wrote this all in my book, The Best I Could, A Land Unknown, Hell's Dominion, and... Um, so I was just floating on through there and hearing all these things about God and his character traits and feeling all this great love and compassion. And, you know, I thought this is pretty good, but I knew I was going toward a light and I was going to meet somebody. I just knew intuitively. When you were listening to this, was it in English? It was in a different language, but I understood it. I understood it. I couldn't, there's no way I could ever try to replicate the language at all. <laughs> there's, and it was just a cacophony of different voices and sounds, and, a, and I call it a heavenly language. 
and it was beautiful. It was outstandingly beautiful, and um, and it really it was it was something really good to hear. But at the same time, I'd have you know flashbacks, like life review. They call it life reviews. I'd instant in a second I could see large segments of my life, and I felt all this love and compassion. But then again, there's something when I got closer to the light, something wasn't quite right. Because all the love I felt, all the compassion I was feeling was actually judging me for something I, I, I did to life. This is, and then again, if I got resuscitated then and there and someone found me and I was, and they brought me back, all right, at that moment, I might have a different testimony. But, um, I was allowed to go a little bit further than what most people have. And so, so I got near the light and I was, Coming toward it, I could see somebody sitting on this, um, uh, look like a, a rock wall with a little, um, I call it, uh, something you sit on, like a bench. A and person, was, an actual human being? Yeah. It was a person. He, he stood up. He had a hood on. Uh, it was white, and he emanated this brilliant light. And he had a sash around his, his waist, and he, and he had a robe, and he, and he walked down some steps, and I could see, uh, I could see things. I mean, I'm not going to go into it, but he was standing on a, what looked like to me, a rock in the midst of a black void. Every once in a while, I could see something behind the uh, rock, and I could see something off over, would be to my right, but to his left, I could see something off in the distance. I couldn't tell you what it was at the time, but I know now. <laughs> But, um, and it looked like a tunnel or a pit, but, but anyway, I was proceeding toward it and I landed feet first in front of him as he came down the stairs and I fell flat on my face and I was scared. I was terrified at first because I realized this was Jesus and, um, he was judging me and he, someone picked me up with their hand like crazy glue, didn't grab me, but barely touched me like force just went boom boom and i just stood there and, and so they brought you up from the, from the ground what you, yeah you, brought me up from the ground i, I wanted to, i wanted to crawl and hide and tell you the truth but and um he looked at me but he had a hood on i couldn't see his face i could see parts of his beard it looked like someone yanked it out and take whoops take blood on it and um and I could see the slashes in his wrist where the, where the nails went through. I knew none of, none of this. All of this, where they crucified people was through the wrist area. And that's been archaeologically verified. So you saw the marks here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sort of like in this area. And just like, it reminded me, hanging there and uh, an excruciating pain and your joints pop out. <laughs> It isn't. Well, <laughs> that's what struck me. And you so, saw the markings on his hands, mm-hmm. on both his wrists. Mm-hmm. You didn't see his face. No, he had a hood on, and that was. Uh, I realized it was. I was facing judgment because what he was doing. Uh, when he began to show me uh, basically what I did with the gift of life, what I did, how I gained his love, his mercy, he gave me good parents, uh, how I treated people, things I stole. I wasn't a very nice person, you know. I ran with a rough crowd, um, got in lots of fights and so forth, etc., and things like that. And, uh, you know, my book would tell you a lot more, a little bit of background. And so... And so we, 
he showed me how I was gaming uh, God's love. I took advantage of people. I abandoned people. I betrayed them. I backstabbed them. And I thought I was doing good. I thought I was a good old boy. And I thought I was okay. You know, I didn't do everything bad. I wasn't like those people. I did some good. But the Lord was showing me that this is how I treated people was a reflection of how I treated him. And, and then he showed me, I don't know how many times he showed me how he spared my life in miraculous ways, you know, uh, avoiding accidents when I was stone drunk and several of them almost got shot. And, um, couple of times how he spared me each one of those times it was you know miraculous and what do i repay him for that i got drunk i got in fights i broke girls hearts i mean i i i and i thought i was okay i thought i was a good old boy and it was he was like he was showing me i wasn't all that what I thought I was. I was taking advantage of his grace, his mercy, his truth. I was like, you go through this void. I learned about God's character and I actually can say I took advantage of most of those for my own benefit without even knowing it. And yet I did know it because, you know, being an atheist, you argue a lot about against God. And, but, you know, I liked nature, I liked hiking and camping and, and going up in the mountains and taking long hikes, so forth, et cetera, fishing and all that hunting. And, and, and I always would deny God was any, he created anything. I thought this was something else. And so I just used that as the justification to do whatever I want. Do it you know, like the old saying goes, do as thou will. That's basically how I live my life. And, so you were basically living your life, no checks and balances, just yeah. having a good time. You were a young man. How old were you when this happened? I was 22. You were just a young man. You really yeah. young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. a chip on my shoulder and an axe to grind. <laughs> yeah. I mean, most men that age are the same way. You know, yeah. I was that way up until I was 35. So mm-hmm. um, this is a huge uh, wake-up call. So go ahead. Yeah, and so I stood there, and then I was I was judged, and this judgment was far worse being seeing hell. This was, I was more scared at this time because it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God, because you can't have you, there's no excuses. I was always good at giving excuses to get out of a jam. I couldn't get out of nothing. I couldn't say, hey, you know, the reason I act so crazy, Lord, is the crazy sign hit me on the head, you know, and I, I, I can't help it. Yeah. You know, you know I, I said all this stuff, you know, this, there was no excuses. I was totally guilty, and it was like with a, Isaiah chapter 26 says, you know, if, if grace is shown to the wicked in the land of uprightness, he will not behold the majesty of the Lord, which simply means that in heaven, if you're, you allowed somebody unsaved into heaven, they would corrupt it because they know too much about God's character traits to keep gaming it. Because mm-hmm. when you die, you're sealed in the state that you die in. And in the same time, the Lord showed me all kind of uh, what he did, um, how he tried to save humanity, and he did save humanity. He showed me all these different things and how people reject him. It's, it's, it's a lot of data thrown at you. How, how, long, how long were you dead for? Um, there was estimated close to four hours. I would say four hours. It was 10 till noon and 10 after 10 when I came back to life. I remember seeing the clock. So, he, so you're in front of you're in front of Jesus Christ, and you believe it was Jesus Christ, and you, you're being judged. Now go from there. 
Yeah, I was being judged, and and so you know, for gaming life, gaming uh, people. I mean, how I treated people, man. I, I stole money from relatives to go feed a drug habit that I had at that time, and all kinds of things. And I mean, the things that I did, I look back. I'm not. I'm not. I'm ashamed of them. But it was, you know, you're totally without. You know, you might think that you're a good person, but you realize you ain't all that when you stand there because everything is is revealed. Your entire nature, who you really are, all the games you played, everything you thought, how you justify yourself to get away with stuff, it's just totally exposed um, and proved by how you treat other people and your and yourself. I abuse myself with the drinking and the alcohol and the and the drugs. <laughs> I'm, I'm guilty of the same. I'm, I'm sober three years coming up on three years next month. So yeah, yeah, it's been quite some time for me. <laughs> yeah, well, this is very eye opening to me. I mean, this is huge. So go ahead. Go, sorry to interrupt. And so. I stood there and, and he spoke to me and he said, it's been granted to you to see a land unknown that's best forgotten, but not to remain unseen. But when you arrive, say my name and my title and an option for your return is yet to be decided. And, and I wrote that down after I came back because I didn't want to forget what he said. Can you and say I that still again? remember it. I remember it plain as like like yesterday, like it just can, happened. Can you say that again, what he said? Yeah. Uh, you will see, it's been granted to you to see a land unknown that's best forgotten, but not to be left unseen. When you arrive and, and you sense a sense of overwhelming, say my name and my title, which was Jesus Christ, an option for you to return is yet to be decided. <laughs> I knew what he meant. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't have time to get into it, but it was like uh, it was like Jesus standing there, and there's a, a cloud around him, like a living cloud, and behind him was a light. There are all three one being, but one essence. But the being behind him was light that I he I was Jesus literally standing in the gap for me. I, I was facing a threefold judgment. Is what I was saying, you know, before you cast a murderer or somebody into into prison, that's in the Bible, you know, you have to have a threefold judgment. And that option to be decided meant that. It, it wasn't a done deal, you know. It was, you know, it was like, he gave me permission to go to this place, say his name and title for my protection. And and when it's, it's up to, it's up to the Lord to decide if I'm coming back or not. Mm. And, um, and then he also, um, so anyway, I, and he also said something else interesting too. He said it twice. Once was when I was just before I went and just before I came back, he said that, uh, at an appointed time, you'll tell of this place. So I didn't get it at the time, but he already determined I would come back, but this was to, this was a shock factor for me. And um, so I went into, uh, something picked me up, and it was carrying me, it would be toward my right, toward his left, and um, and so it was like a, a scroll opened up like a door, and then I went through a tunnel, and I was going to that place I saw coming here down in his pit, but it was like a tornado vortex, and it was very hot. It smelled awful. I could hear all kinds of, of sights and sounds and, and hideous laughter 
in, in a hellish language. I had no idea what they were saying, but then I could hear English mixed with uh, other words and other languages, uh, human languages, and shrieking and all kinds of uh, slurping noises. And, and this, it's just really, the, the odor was something and the heat was incredible. It was like being inside of a tornado. I was going through a tunnel heading toward a yellowish light. And I, I didn't know what to expect. I knew I wasn't going to a uh, nice place, but when I, I fell through the sky and landed on the ground, and it wasn't what I expected because this, this is, um, I, I, I go, where's the devil? Where's the flames? Where's the pitchforks? You know, I was thinking that type of thing. And I stood up and I found myself, what it looked like to me at the time, I got up on a, I landed on a hill. There was a little valley, a steep valley, then another hill on the other side with a house on it with a dilapidated looking tree. And all these people come running out of the house like they're welcoming me to paradise. They came down the hill, and more people came up out of this valley, and they surrounded me, slapping me on the back. A lot of people I know who had died and so forth look like them. And they're slapping me on the back, and, and, and welcome to paradise, and can't you feel the love, Brian? That's one of the first things they said, you know. But this kind of love was um, not, this was, this was a, this was a weird, this was weird. And, uh, and so I didn't know exactly what was going on, I was kind of scared, but I didn't, well, this wasn't what I thought of hell being like. I didn't know where I was at first. I knew it wasn't a, a, a good place. And then these people would come up to me and I say, wait a minute, um, you can't be in paradise. You left my party and you were shot up at the, you know, the, on a drive-by, the, you know, a guy pulled out a shotgun and blew out your belt and your stomach up there, you know, and my other friend who witnessed it got away. You know, so you can't be here. I know you. And he changed into somebody else. And then they start changing into people I did know that were still alive. I knew something was not right. And then I began to see what they looked like. They weren't people because their eyes were like alligators had yellow irises. And then they transformed in these hideous shapes, sizes of creatures, uh, beings, and they rushed me. That's when I started saying Jesus Christ. I said it like that, like a machine gun. And you got to understand, you're not breathing. The air, air comes out of you, and I said that nonstop the whole time I was there. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. Every time I said Jesus Christ, these things could not grab me. They could poke me, they could touch me, they could push me, they could mock me, but they couldn't grab hold of me. Just out of curiosity, they look like reptilians or anything like that? Some of them look like reptilians. In fact, I can send you a picture of... um, of a sculpture garden here in Colorado that you want to let you share the screen there, there there was actually a statue of one of these things there. <laughs> you want me to let you show this, share the screen so you can show it. I don't have it up right now. Okay. I, have, I have to go find it and out of okay. my files, but okay. you know, but anyway, and so this thing was, you know, there were different shapes and there were other things look like rotting vegetables. There were like little moth things and little wormy things with teeth and the, the taller ones had authority over the smaller ones. A lot of them were pretty small. And some of them looked like gargoyles without wings. Some of them, you know, uh, kind of remind me of, of the Lord of the Rings, the Orc, Orcai and the Urukai and the Orcs and the Goblins. <laughs> and goblins. So this was like a physical place to you? It was a physical place. I could 
I can feel it. Feel it. I can feel it. I can feel the heat. I can. I can see. I can taste. I, it was so bad. I. I tasted. I tasted the place. That's how bad it was. And I when you say you felt the heat, when you mm-hmm. felt the heat, how hot was it? It was. It, it was. It was hot. It wasn't as hot as where I. I it was going to be in a, in a few minutes there. But this entity, which I had the picture of, I call him Lizard Breath, because his breath was so foul. He's a short little reptilian thing, around four eight, and he started hissing and spitting at me. And he said, "Come, it's been granted to to lead us. I give you, I offer you half the kingdom. Come, follow me." And that's what he's saying. And um, so he walked over, and we walked to, we stopped right at the horizon. Couldn't go any further, and he opened, stuck his hand in this wall. It looked like the sky. He ripped it open, and he stepped up out of it. I remember this as plain as day, and he stood out of there, and he motioned me to come. I still remember it right now. And so I had nothing to do. I didn't want to stay in these in this place with these things. So I stepped out of it, and I turned around, and I go, boy, I came out of a very small cell. But inside, it looked like all outdoors. And, you know, in my book, I wrote it was about 10 by 10 foot. It could have been a little bigger. It could have been 15 by 15. And it was a cube. It was a square cube. But inside, it gave the illusion of whatever's in your mind. And it was, you know. So it was like the construct of your mind. Yeah. And it reminded me, you know, years later when they had Star Trek, the next generation on, and they have the holodeck. That's what it kind of reminded me. But it was real small. And, um. And the entities that were in it gave the illusion of people or, or items, chairs, tables. They supplied the scenery. And some of them were chained there and some of them weren't. Some of them could come in and out through the, uh, the walls were like a, like a, you know, sort of, have you ever petted a dolphin? No offense to dolphins, but that's kind of how these, uh, these cells, walls felt. And, um, it was kind of a, a living death type of feel, but it was almost like a flesh, but, you know, it was opaque. But when I got out of it and I looked inside there and then I, for some reason I could see inside of every cell around me, these cells were stacked six high and they went around a, a circular pit uh, and they were embedded in the walls and they went back into the pit. And so everything I saw kind of is in the Bible, actually. It talks about in Ezekiel chapter 32, hell or the pit of hell being round about. And that's where I was, the pit of hell. And in the um, middle of there was an open hole space. And this thing took me over across this wide, dusty road, which this is where it was really hot. And, you know, I could see and hear flames, but I never did really see any, but I could see like molten stuff off. I could see some flames, but nothing like you think of when you think of hell. This was just very hot. It was so hot, you, you couldn't, you know, it's almost like your eyes would could be like, you feel like your eyes are going to burn out and you, if you're, you don't have any saliva or anything like that. And just, and this, it was incredibly hot. But then we walked over to the edge, and I saw all these demonic beings, the gargoyles without wings, some of them like gargoyles, different things that reminded me of rotting vegetables, uh, whatever. These these things were hideous looking, and a lot of reptilian type things too. And there, were, some of them were escorting people into the cubes, and these tornado vortexes were dropping out of this donut hole of opening there, and and ushering people in. And I estimated probably. If I was going to take a stab at it from one wall to the other wall straight across, it would have been a little over a half mile. 
and in the middle of there was that open area. So I walked over with this thing. You're showing me this place, and and I, I saw all this. I saw these people going in these tornado vortexes and dropping in these cells. And so I walked over there to the edge. I looked up and looked down. It was like a bottomless pit. Best, best I can describe it. It looked like a um, uh, spiral staircase. You know, the bricks in the wall would be the cells. The staircase would be a it would be the road, but the road was very gently. It just spiraled up and spiraled down. And that's what I saw. And so this thing was trying to tell me to – in my book, I write it much better. don't have time to get into it. But it was trying to get me to curse. God, <laughs> curse myself, curse the devil, curse anything. And I wouldn't do it. All I would say is Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, because it was like challenging me. It was almost like every argument I ever used against a Christian was coming back at me. Wow. And um, and so, like, like, this is a horrible place. How could God allow it? Stuff like that. And, you know, I just got judged. I understood perfectly well that Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting mode, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com. Fighterflare.com. 
Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting modes, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com. Why people don't deserve heaven because uh, I saw this in myself because what is so frightening about being judged is you see yourself as you really are and you can't hide behind a thing. You might think so in a sense you're judging yourself. Yeah. And so the people were in hell there were not being tormented by God. They were being tormented by themselves. They provided the, 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 you know, um, themselves. And what I saw when you walk back over to the cubes, I was granted to look inside of each one of these compartments as we walked around and walked down the spiral. And, uh, I looked inside these cubes. I was granted for some reason. I knew their life history in an instant. I knew I could see inside the cell what they were going through as well as standing on the outside of it. It makes no sense to, to the, our minds right now how that could be, but that's just the way it was. And so I, people in these cells were li- reliving their own worst nightmares, never able to work, uh, wake up. Everything uh-huh. they did to somebody or something was coming back at them. They were reliving a lot of these things as the victim. And whatever time period they died in, that was the scene that was being portrayed. Interesting. Very interesting. And it was payback. Basically, I call it recompense. That's what the Bible calls it. It's payback. What you sow. But would you say maybe they were judging themselves and putting themselves through that hell? Um, it was like the worst thoughts or whatever they feared the most was happening to them because, uh, it's hard to explain, but it's, it's, it's like how people deceive themselves and thinking that they're very good or they're okay and, and they deserve this or that or, but, it, 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 it's not so. What they see is how they game the system, so to speak. How they, um, you know, it's like after many years later, I, 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 my career path took me into social work, criminal justice. I worked in the jails. I worked in um, in the court system as well. So, and on treatment teams with with sex offenders, actually. And so, um, so I had so. I know what I'm talking about. People will game system, and that's what these people were doing, and that's what I did. And most people do it without even knowing it, but they do. That's the thing, because, you know, it's almost like people were enchanted. I don't know how else to say it. They're like enchanted. Did this place look eternal to you, like they were there forever? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. They were there. And they had their chance. All of these people in different ways. God speaks to people. Says in Job through dreams and visions, he tries to warn people to keep them back from going to this place. I think that's Job 32 or 33 chapter talks about that. It talks about, you know, Paul writes in the book of Romans chapter one, you know, through nature, he shows that there's a creator. All this stuff just didn't just happen. And he's always speaking, trying to draw people back. He'll say, people, you'll, you'll, from um, car accidents like me or something like that, trying to wake people up, but they don't pay attention. And instead, they chase after other things, anything but Jesus, anything but Jesus. Now, why would that be? Here's somebody 
who came and saved us in a, in, a, in a miraculous way by exposing what we are really like to each other before the cross. He was betrayed, abandoned, neglected, abused. Uh, and he's abandoned in the garden. He was betrayed by Judas. People planned to get rid of him. And I did all those things to other people. And um, I told I bore false witness to get out of a jam and, and, and trying to get somebody else to pay the piper instead of me. I, I did that. And um, so... Everything that Jesus went just before the cross, you know, put a heavy burden that somebody can't bear. They put a cross on Jesus. He dropped it and got another person to carry it. I did the same thing. People lined the streets mocking and spitting on them. They beat them up, took them to Herod, said, come on, perform, do some miracle. Boy, did I do that to God. I did it to other people. You perform for me. You know, and we all do that to different degrees, different levels. But the, he, here's Jesus. He came and he exposed what we're really like to each other, to ourselves, and toward God. And then he was put on a, a cross and died in our place, bearing our, our sin, and took the wrath of God in our place for putting him on, for putting him on the cross. Because legally, because Jesus did fulfill the law, for a sinless God to be able to impart the sin on Jesus, you would have to use the high priest and the people to confess and touch the sin sacrifice, which they did. They put a crown of thorns on the head, they spat on them, they smacked them, they confessed over them, over Jesus, their transgressions. So he was our substitute <laughs> sacrifice. And that love is way too per- Found that, that I can't even wrap my head around why anybody would do that to, to us because I, I saw what I was really like and I saw what was these people were really like and they knew each one of those people knew exactly what they were like and when, when you die it's made so plain to you that you are not in uh, you're not all that you're not this perfect person that's absolved because you were a victim or whatever and you deserve heaven because you're such a nice person. No. He, Jesus went to a great length to save us. And that was what I got. But anyway, I'll get back to the, anyway, we, I just said that because that's what it was like for the people inside. They knew that. They knew they rejected that only hope they got. Now they were getting recompense. Mm-hmm. What they deserved for eternity. Because, um, God does, you know, God's a God of the living. He put eternity in our hearts. He didn't, we were designed to live forever. And, um, He's not going to take back any gift calling or anything like that. He's absolutely just in all His ways. And when you understand His character, you'll see how people can manipulate that to get away with whatever they want to do. Just like criminals in the jail. Like I worked with our, uh, in, in treatment teams. In halfway houses and stuff. I mean, I, but anyway, um, so I looked inside some of these cells. I could see these people inside of them. You know, I saw this lady, looked like Paris in the 1900s, and she was walking there. She was a prostitute, and she was sold into it. And, um, and she was a hater. Uh, it's a very. She all she was walking down this thing totally alone. She thought she was in Paris and back in the 1900s. Everything looked like that, but she was going crazy. I mean, that's just her torment. Other people were, another person was in a place and they were backstabbing somebody, so that was happening to them. I saw this guy who had abused his kids. 
on the drum, tapping his finger on, it looked like a 1950 uh, table sitting there, and everything he said to his son, get me a beer, you're no good, no account, you never amount to nothing type thing, was coming back at him. He just sat there, mm. and he, he it was coming back to him, and it was like, you know, re- reformation <laughs> there at all. And then what was the, the thing that I saw that struck me the most is how many times I saw people enter this place and they thought they entered paradise just like I did wow. um, there. And so this lady came down through a tornado vortex in front of me, dropped down and, and this door opened and, she, and I got up to it with this creature and they couldn't, she couldn't see us. She couldn't see where she was. The idea of enchantment would be uh, a good place for for what was going on there. She was enchanted to believe that she was at her grandmother's farm. Opened the door there, and there was her grandmother and Uncle Joe and all these relatives greeting her. Where it was her happy place that she was a little girl. It was the most happiest place she ever had in her entire life. And so she went into to there thinking that she was in paradise. She made it to heaven. And, and she and her grandmother uh, was not her grandmother, and these were not people. And I'm standing there watching this transpire, saying, Jesus, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, all these entities around me, this one lizard breath creature sitting there, gar- snarling and telling, you know, pointing things out, laughing. Um, and I'm just standing there mesmerized watching this. And so she gets into this place and, it, you know, it's like a horror movie saying, don't open the door type thing. But she opened the door and got inside there and she thought she was in paradise. And so her grandmother said, dear pudding, uh, you know, you welcome to paradise. Don't you feel the love here? And she goes, yes, this is such a wonderful love. I feel the love from you guys. Wow. This, is this heaven? Oh dear, this is paradise. You have eternity here. Well, let's go out and I'll show you the rest. It just, it's just, this looks like our, looks like your old farm. It's so beautiful. It's much more prettier than your old farm. So they walked over through the kitchen, out the back porch, down some stairs. And this is all inside of a small cell. And so she got on the ground and the ground would like move like a conveyor belt. And as she moved, the scenes would change, and she thought she was outside. So they uh, went by a clothesline, and looked like a clothesline. And the grandmother says, Dear Pudding, I'm going to go inside. I'm going to bake you your favorite cookies. And you got eternity there. Go rest under the shade of those trees to your favorite spot. And she thought it was like just, you know, her favorite spot when she was a kid. It was a, a shady spot by a, by a stream. And so she went over to there. And she was getting agitated there because something wasn't quite right. I guess the smells there are starting to get to her. And she can't got to it. Um, she stuck her hand in the water, and all she pulled up was sand. There is no water in hell. It was a mirage. And um, and then the trees weren't trees. They were like these um, tentacle-like creatures, like squids. And they engulfed her, and she shrieked. And I knew exactly what happened to her. She died in a car wreck shortly after that. She thought she was in paradise. She wasn't resuscitated too soon, and she realized that she was in hell, and she realized what it was, why she was there. Everyone would think this lady was the nicest lady on the planet because she was a member of PTA, always involved in stuff, wealthy too. And But what the people didn't see was her real side, which her kids did. Her kids were like... She had a hairbrush, which was her favorite thing to use. 
and to her son or daughter, you will not be a truck driver. You are not going to be this. You're going to be a doctor and dentist or only thing in this family. You're going to be this. Whack, whack, bang, bang, bang. And then she, she, she crushed her husband's so bad, um, um, masculinity, I should say. And she, she was, she, she was nasty on the inside. Everybody could see her as the nicest person on the planet. She thought she was, but she was hell on earth to her family and kids. You're going to be a, I always remember that. You're going to be a doctor and I could see it. Her, just an image in my mind hitting her kids. It's like, all of a sudden, that's what she was going to experience. (laughs) Payback. Mm. Right. She had plenty of times where people tried to get her involved in church or show her who Jesus is to escape this place, and she rejected every single one of them because she wanted power and control. That's right. what I got to say. And so that's what I saw. That's the, and I you know I saw other things too. My book, A Land Unknown, Hell's Dominion, has much more <laughs> in it than I can have time to get into on in. The so, so how did you get brought back? So, the, what what else did you see before you got? I saw a lot of people in these cubes and stuff, but we would walk in between the cubes, and since it's kind of round and these are square, they would you know like a brick layer. So, some of the uh, so each cube was their reality. Yeah, it was their reality, and oh. so we walked between the cubes where two cubes met and these rub against you. And you went back to how a bricklayer is, so there'll be little triangular-shaped rooms, and you get a little wider as you go back. So you walk through in those places. That was a pretty strange place. And i go to these little rooms, and all these entities were in there, and I'd walk through them, and they would poke you, yell at you, and asking you, you know, they'd say things like, how did you get out of your box? I'm using nice language because um, the swear words are... Too much, you know. Um, I'm, I'm from a background in the D.C. area where where um, so we we feel that people from New York, New, New York, were city uh, were the worst swearing people there are, and then New Jersey would be tied with Virginia, where I was, and so um, so people don't realize that when you curse things and it just comes out. I mean, you're, you're releasing a spiritual force that needs to be stopped. I had to be convicted to, <laughs> to keep. I mean, to I use, cuss a lot. I don't. I mean, yeah. I hey, I did too. But um, after I got saved and come to the Lord, and the Lord said, "Hey, you got to stop doing that." And so it took me a while. It took me a long time to not to do that, and because I didn't know how else to talk. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's me. So I got things to work on. <laughs> <laughs> we all do. We all do. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we're, so we're then, not perfect, but at least we have Christ. That's and He works right, on us. Right. I do believe in Jesus Christ, one hundred percent. So I, I just so, so anyway, I was, I was walking through there, and, and you know, in my original manuscript I wrote about, I use a lot of these swear words, and they said you can't. This is you can't do that. This will be an X-rated book. Be just too explicit. So I had to tone it down in my book. But anyway, I saw these people, and a lot of them would go by, thought they were entered into a cell. Uh, where they saw their um, their religious leader, whoever they worshipped, and it turned on them. Mm. Especially a lot of the Hindus um, things I saw. It was inc- I didn't know what I was seeing. I looked it up later when I got back, and what the elephant god was, and who Kali is, and all this stuff. It turned on them how? Um, first, they thought they were they were in their whatever their heaven they think they are, and then it turned on them like uh, one um, entity just turned around, had a bunch of hands on it purple, grabbed him and tore them, 
tore their arms and legs out of socket, and then they would go back together and repeat it again. I mean, those type of things, it's, it's a little um, traumatizing to see. But there was no blood, no blood. Yeah, this was pure spiritual bodies. I saw the entity devour people, chew on them, and then um, they defecate them out, and they come back. And it repeats. And these were these were the worst of the worst of the worst people you could ever imagine. These were some of the worst sex offenders. Some of these were some very vile people. And so I saw people like that. So we came. How this all ended was I came through um, to this. I caught near the back wall of the pit, and, and um, I came to a cell. And you got to understand, all these cells moved slowly, ever close down the pit. Every time it went down to where, every time it moved, the torments would increase. Some places. So some people had worse, worse hells than others. Yeah, and that's a biblical principle because Jesus said that it would be more tolerable and for Sodom and Gomorrah than it'll be for ye two cities. In other words, there's just degrees of recompense. So some people have some places where you don't you have less torment, but over time it. it it will increase because what happens in hell is the real you is being exposed. It says it in Job 25 or 26, 3 and 4, I think. It says, hell hath no covering, meaning he's going to expose. Abaddon has, or destruction has no covering. Uh, there'll be wailing and travailing and, you know, you're going to see who you really are like. That's what it's talking about. And that's exactly what I saw. And as people were experiencing that, they were seeing what they're really, really like. And um, just think of your worst uh, uh, nightmare, not able, not ever waking up. Then if you did wake up, you'd wake up in a new one. You might have a few breaks here and there, but, you know, it, it then it comes back. Something, a different scene, something else happens. And, and you don't get reformed, you get worse. Because your, your sin nature, what you really are like, is, is being brought out. I can attest to that. It is, it, is, it is a strange thing to see. Well, for me, my hell was drinking, you know, so that led me to many other vices and many other problems. And when I quit that, my life started improving, but I still have a long way to go. So I'm listening, yeah, we all do. listening to your to your voice intently. So, so now, so go from here. And so we got to this one cell and it, was open and it looked like a dentist chair in there, but I knew that was a creature and all these creatures in there. And this was this was where my cell that I entered in would be at some future point. I just knew that intuitively because it'd be a lower level. So, um, so I, I walked. I didn't want to go into this place because I knew this this was this is what I deserved. You know, this is what I um, this was my fate. <laughs> this was. Uh, uh, this is what I designed for myself, fooling myself that I wasn't doing this into my life, but this is what I deserved. And 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 so if I start crying, and after all these years, <laughs> this is pretty emotional for me. Um, and so at this point, I was staring at the, all these creatures inside of there trying to get me in this place. And this lizard creature next to me, I call lizard breath, was saying, you know, curse me, curse God, curse this thing. And... Uh, and I was like being propelled like by a force to go inside this place. It was like my feet were in this dusty mire and all these moths with teeth, white moths, like like potato moths were coming out. And then these wormy things were around there. I was in my bare feet and I was going like something was pushing me, pushing me into this thing. I didn't want to go. I was totally without hope. I mean, <laughs> 
I was in a hopeless situation, and there was no way out. And I knew this is where I deserved to be, and there's nothing I can do about it. My back was against the wall. I can't get out of it. This is my fate. And um, um, this, this was it. And I'm going to be in that dentist chair with all these things, and then the scene's going to change, like I kept saying. And I'm going to be in this place, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be, uh, I'm, I'm going to end up the most vilest, wickedest, evilest person around. Um, and so, and I was being dragged into this thing by this force, and these things were laughing, and then it realized, and when the thing was telling me, I offer you half my kingdom as you come and follow me, what he was saying was, I offer you half the coast of hell to torment you, is what he was saying. And when I was, before all this happened, I did I didn't believe in spirits or anything like that, but I got involved in what is known as the power of the mind. And so I practiced mind science stuff. I didn't believe in all those other things. I just read things like the power of the mind, or they call it the Star Wars force or something similar to that. But this was, you focus your force of thought and you could manipulate your world. Oh, kind of like you. now the new age stuff where yeah, you can manifest yeah. your reality and, and yeah, it was, it was like that. Mm-hmm. And so, so when it's saying offer you half the kingdom, and I realize, you know, wow, I warn people if you're practicing anything occult or mind science, get out of it quick because they're gonna you're gonna have half the host of hell coming in your cell to torment you. You open the door for that. And so here I was being dragged in this place knowing that I wanted to tell my parents, um, you know, things go through your mind. I remember this, I was saying I could just imagine my parents having my funeral and the preacher saying, um, you know, he, Brian was a good old boy. <laughs> and there's no way I could tell my mom or dad, I'm not in a good place. I didn't make it. <laughs> wow. And there's no way I could tell anybody. And I was totally without hope. Wow. And I was being dragged in this place, and I felt something coming in behind me, a presence. And then I could he- when it was walking behind toward me, the earth was shaking. It was like, you know, you light, light off M80s or a couple of sticks of M80s and ground rocks. And so it was like that, boom, boom, boom. And all these entities were getting kind of real, real scared of what was coming behind me. And I was too scared to look because I thought this could be Satan coming behind me. You know, throw me in this pit. And this is what I deserve, and I have no hope. And, um, and so, um, and I started getting teared up for a second. Um, um, totally without hope. And, and then these entities took off out of the, the cell and took off. And old lizard breath took off. And they, some of them tried to hide and from this presence and he came up behind me and i thought i was really close to that dental chair right now they almost enter enter inside that, that that cell and then um whoever it was behind me picked me up and he picked me up i could see the holes in his wrist and this tore me up it still does his bones pulled apart then i realized you know i i i made his bones pull apart but how i live my life and so I, I cried in his shoulder like a, like a, like a baby. And, um, excuse me. And, um, and he carried me out of there. It was Jesus. 
Can you understand? I deserve this place. I don't deserve one ounce ever coming back. I know what I'm, what I was like. And, um, and he, and he, and he, and he carried me out of there. We went, went up and we went through the vortex that I, uh, entered in by. And we came back and came back to the, to, to this rock suspended in space. And he set my feet down on it. And he, and he, um, he spoke to me like through thought. And he told me some things. And, um, I never did see his face at that time. He kept it over the hood and, and blew on me and I went back. And next thing I knew, I, entering feet first into my body, my feet enter my feet first and I couldn't breathe. All the pain came back. And next thing I knew, I was on my way to the hospital. And then when I got to the hospital, they tried to draw blood. My blood was viscous. And so they stuck an IV and a nurse stood by there and squeezing the IV into me. And they finally got enough blood to find out a diagnosis and all that. And I recovered through the typical treatment for cholera. I mean, cause I had actually a, uh, a doctor, an intern, um, ER doctor from India. You probably saw this before. <laughs> yeah. And so he reminded me, I remember him with his heavy accent and I, I actually grabbed his lapel, his lapel and I said, am I in a cube? He says, no, you're in the hospital in Tucson, Arizona. Who is running for president? Ronald Reagan. Who is president? <laughs> Jimmy Carter. Wow. <laughs> and all this stuff. And I, I was going, um, do you know where you are? Um, what's your phone number? I gave him the phone number, address, all that. And I said, I'm not going to talk about cubes or nothing. <laughs> this guy. Yeah, you must have felt massive relief. Yeah, I felt relief, but I was scared because I just come back and I was, I was breathing on my hand. I kept waiting. Wow. And they gave me pain pills, pain stuff for the, the stomach pain, but I did not want to go to sleep. I kept forcing myself to stay awake. And so they revived me. I don't know how long I was even in there. I don't really recall. I just know I got back and it was in the morning, early morning. And I got back home and my friends, um, you was did you, did you tell your friends of your experience? Did you tell family I kept members? It pretty much quiet. Wow. <laughs> the only time I ever told anybody was uh, a little bit later. But I, so they went off to work, and I sat in the beanbag chair, and I just looked up, and I said, uh, "Lord Jesus, I never want to go back to that awful place. Take me, I'm yours." And I felt a, uh, a cool breeze actually entered inside me, and, I, and I'm not kidding, and um, I felt clean. First time in my life, I felt clean. Something changed. Something happened in me. And, you know, all I can say is, you know, I always tell people this, you know, I deserve wrath. I don't deserve mercy. But I discovered God's grace instead. I owe, like I said, I owe you my life, Jesus. That's what I said to him. Take me, I'm yours. I owe you my life. I I don't ever want to go back there. And that's how I got saved. And you've been living your life different ever since? Yeah, like I said, when after I got saved, you know, I had a swearing problem, I had a drinking problem, but the Lord got me through all that, and it was a process, and it's it's as slow as I want it to be, or as fast as I want it to be, but the Lord 
carried me through, just like everybody else. You start someplace and you grow you, as you mature in Christ. And he takes you on your own personal, omni-personal journey. And he works on you and fixes you up. And that's what, with me, it took about a year. Then I, then I was starting to go to church and all that stuff as well. It all helped. I met some good people. Did, did you get baptized? Yeah, I got baptized. Let's see. I think it was 19. It was the first part of 81 or, or, or the early 82. I don't remember the year, but I was baptized. I was in the baptized in a Baptist church. <laughs> wow. And uh, this is a very compelling, unbelievable story, man. Like this is uh, – well, I'm sure my audience does appreciate this. I appreciate it. I mean, I got to work on some things in my life. It's cussing being one of them. I've, I've told, I've been very straightforward to my audience. I've been a sinner. That's for sure. Still sin till today. Today I do, but, um, I don't know. Would you, would you want to lead us out in prayer? Yeah, I will. But just say that, you know, like I say, you know, uh, David, we all have to, you know, it's called sanctification. We're under grace. And grace teaches us to deny these things. And it takes time. It takes time because what it is inside of us, before I lead you all in prayer, is that we have wounds in our heart that life treated us or we got picked up. And those are the reasons why we do the things we do. And he exposes those and he heals those. And he came to heal the broken heart, set the captive free, set at liberty. Um, those who are held in bondage and give good news to those who are crushed. He came to... Um, give you the oil of joy for a spirit of heaviness. And it takes time. It's called sanctification road. That's all I got to say. And all of us are on that. And that's why I don't, you know, I just let, let the Lord work on each person. So I want to. The, the name wanna, of your book is The Land Unknown. Yeah, Land Unknown. Let me try to reach over here if I can bring it up without my green screen. Can you lift it up a little bit? Yeah. A land, oh, A Land Unknown. Oops. A Land Unknown, Hell's Dominion. Wow. Yeah. I got a green screen behind me, so if I... By, yeah, by Brian yeah, Melvin, folks. Yeah, B.W. Atlanta Known. Uh, yeah, there you go, right there. Atlanta Known, Hell's Dominion. Where can people get this? They can get it on Amazon or in a Christian bookstore and just probably order it. All right, Brian, why don't you lead us out in prayer? Okay. All right, well, Heavenly Father, I just thank you right now, Lord Jesus. I just thank you right now, Lord. I thank you... For saving me, I thank you for saving those around here and beginning their process of sanctification. So, Heavenly Father, if there's anybody out there who doesn't know you right now, Lord, I just ask that you quicken their heart so they fall on their hands and knees and just simply say, Dear Jesus, save me. I'm a wretch. I know I did bad things. I know I've done wrong. Uh, just take me. I'm yours. Just, just have them just fall on their face and pray that prayer and just spend some time with you, Lord Jesus. I ask you to take this message however you will and use it however you're, for your glory. But I just want to see people come to you to avoid this awful place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Brian, thank you so much. I'm going to put this on YouTube. I think everyone needs to see this. So, uh, and I, we didn't say anything that'll, get the channel interrupted or anything like that. So, folks, it's a land unknown, Hell's Dominion. You can get it at Amazon by Brian Melvin. Incredible, compelling story. Uh, thank you so much, Brian, for joining me. Good to be here. Nice to meet you, finally. Yeah, no, this is great. Um, 
Man, well, all I can say is, is that's that's uh, it's scary. It's uh, you scared you you you, you accomplish that. I'm I'm scared. <laughs> uh, you got you got Jesus on your side. He'll get you the rest of the way. <laughs> Brian, thank you so much. Thank you. God bless you, sir. God bless you. All right. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new e-books titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now.